Hey everyone, it's Brian with Wildcat Radio, and Ronnie Stoffel made his return back to Wildcat Radio from a break and opened up with a really good conversation with CJ Holmes from The Athletic, which I thought was great because we just got sponsored by The Athletic. The one issue was there was a little bit of background noise, so we wanted to make sure to release this because I thought the interview was really good and CJ had a lot to say, um, but we just didn't want to put it on our normal podcast because the audio was different from what you were hearing in the first time. So without further ado, here's Ronnie Stoffel and CJ Holmes. Doing great. How about you? Not bad. I'll, I'll tell you, honestly, doing a lot better after what I saw uh, after the last homestand with the mountain schools. Uh, it, you know, this year has really been something else. And, and I know, you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit closer to the action uh, than, than, than we are. But, um, you know, believe it or not, if I told you right at the beginning of the year um, that through 18 games, knowing the roster that we were entering the season with this year, if I had told you through 18 games, we would be at the same exact record as last year's team, which is 13 and five. Would you have believed me? Oh, probably not. Just because, you know, this year's team was so ta- is so talented with three freshmen, you know, Nico Mannion, you know, Josh Green, Zeke Naji. You know, th- th- there were a couple games, you know, in, early in that non-conference schedule that, you know, I thought the Wildcats uh, definitely should have won, you know, specifically, you know, playing said St. John's game and, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of conference play, also had them, you know, winning at Oklahoma State. But, you know, it's a young team. Uh, they're still going through growing pains. But, you know, if anything, this mountain school sweep uh, kind of shows that, you know, they're starting to get together. Um, they're starting to click. Um, it's the right time to click uh, as we're uh, getting ready to get into February here. And, you know, March comes not too long after. And it's a good sign. It's a good sign for this team. And, you know, although they have the same record as uh, last year's team at this point, I don't think they're going to finish with the same record if they keep playing the way they've been playing as of late. I have to agree with that, right? Because uh, at this point, well, as as a matter of fact, last year's team, they did make it to a 14 and five clip before losing 10 of the last 13, I believe. And of course um, that, that included the first round exit in the PAC 12 tournament as well. Uh, But CJ, you you bring up a good point there. I mean, of course you you can't talk about the five losses without acknowledging the St. John's and the Oregon state losses, right? Um, Those are both very head scratching, uh, both very different games too, right? I mean, um, you know, yeah, both also in inferior opponents, right? Um, you know, we, we've probably touched on this enough, and we probably don't need to rehash any of that. The Oregon State one, I mean, that was just an abomination, in my opinion, that there was just no room uh, for that type of hangover following where, you know, the game in Eugene just that past Thursday where they really had Oregon on the ropes a couple times and just couldn't seal the deal, and then they just get blown out of the gym uh, against the Beavers. You know, how, how concerning, I guess, though, I mean, keeping it kind of higher level and then it's somewhat forward facing those type of losses the St. John's and the Oregon State losses I mean in my opinion those are clearly on Sean Miller right I I think you know yes you can point to you know maybe off off nights in terms of just whatever shooters what have you Um, but in my mind that that just feels like a lack of preparation Um, how how concerned are you overall if 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 at all uh, in in terms of Sean Miller maybe somewhat overlooking inferior opponents in, in these type of situations coming up? You know, to kind of, to kind of backtrack a little bit on what you just said, you know, you know, I, I really don't think it's Sean Miller's fault. In fact, you know, I think this might be, you know, one of his finest coaching jobs yet. I mean, 
if you look at the St. John's loss, you know, the issue in that game was, you know, the Wildcats were guarding that game. Um, you know, by the time the final buzzer sounded, uh, they still held St. John's to, you know, a pretty low shooting percentage. But, you know, the biggest issue in that game, it was offensively. I mean, guys weren't making shots. Guys didn't come out ready to play. Guys weren't executing, you know. Sean Miller's not the one out there missing shots. You know, Sean Miller's not the one out there turning the ball over. And then if you look at the Oregon State game, I mean, again, it was just – the Oregon State game was just a mess. You know, the Wildcats just weren't ready to play. You know, maybe they got caught looking ahead a little bit, um, you know, against the Beavers. They weren't effective offensively and defensively. That was their worst performance of the season. But, you know, I just, you know, I'm happy with the job Sean Miller's done. I think Wildcats fans should be too. I mean, this team's three best players are all freshmen. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, they're being asked a lot of them, more so than any other group of freshmen in the country, in my opinion. And with that comes growing pains. You know, games like this where, you know, they come out not ready to play, you know, those that usually falls you, you don't see mature teams, you know, older teams come out like that. And of course you could probably point the finger at some of the upperclassmen, you know, like, you know, guys like sure, you know, maybe Ira Lee, but they're not the focal points on the team. You know, they're the, they're, they're the role players, Nico Manny and Josh Green, Zeke Naji, leaders of that team. And, you know, with freshmen like that, growing pains are, are just really to be expected, you know, but as these last two games have showed you, you know, these freshmen, they're starting to grow up right before our eyes. Um, they're starting to mesh. The Wildcats are starting to get contributions uh, from their veteran players. And, you know, when the Wildcats are getting that production from guys like Ira Lee, guys like um, Dylan Smith, I mean, they're just as good as any team in the country. Now, kind of looking ahead to this three-game road trip they have coming up, it's going to be interesting to see if they can carry over, carry over that feeling, what it feels like to start fast, what it feels like to play hard throughout. You know, those are lessons for these freshmen that can only be learned through experience. You know, now they're going to have to go on the road this Saturday against an ASU team that they completely ran out the gym a couple weeks ago. Um, and they're going, to have to, they're going to have to show that maturity. They're going to have to show some mental toughness. It's very, very hard in college basketball to beat a team twice in the same year. Um, ASU remembers that loss uh, just as well as Arizona remembers the feeling of that win. It's going to be a tough environment um, playing up there in Tempe. It's going to be on the, it's going to be on these freshmen to lead the team, to stay cool and really just to, to come out ready to play and to play the way they know they're capable of um, that Washington game. It's going to be a tough one. That team is, full of athletes, they run, they get up and down, they rebound the ball hard, and that's an area Arizona has really struggled this season. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of that game with a loss, but then they follow that up with a trip to Washington State, and that's going to be very similar to the Oregon game, you know? Uh, you get all excited about playing Oregon, right? You know, you, you have a disappointing loss, and then you go into Oregon State, like, oh, they're not as good as Oregon. Oh, this is going to be an easy win. And, and they got their teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. So whether Arizona wins or loses at Washington, um, they should not take the Cougars lightly. Um, you know, home court advantage is a real thing in college basketball. 
Um, Washington State's going to be playing on their home floor, the floor they're comfortable in, the gym they practice in. Uh, Arizona's going to have to come in there focused and ready to perform. And, you know, if they execute the way they're supposed to execute, they should get out of there for win. That's very fair, and, and, I, and you definitely touch on something here as, as far as you know, home and away, right? So any, any fans know that, that this team specifically has had this Jekyll and Hyde complex throughout the year as far as yeah, playing at home versus on the road, right? They, look, they have just looked tremendous at times at home. I mean, I wouldn't say overall, right? Almost like 90% of the time they just look tremendous at home. Um, but once the team gets on the road, that's when things change a little bit. Uh, four of their five losses, of course, have been on the road or, or, or neutral site. So basically not at home. Right. Um, as far as, you know, I guess what to expect in those games, I, I think let, let, let's let, let, let's uh, put that on the shelf real quick. Um, but, but what I do want to ask is before we jump ahead to the Tempe, the, the, the Pullman, the, the uh, Seattle road trip here coming up, because, of course, those next three games are going to be very pivotal. And it all, of course, to start this upcoming Saturday against ASU. Let's just quickly touch on what you saw against the Mountain Schools, right? Because, I mean, that is the most recent news uh, and specifically how they handled Colorado on Saturday. Uh, you know, Max Hazard, obviously, uh, on Thursday night, shot lights out, looked tremendous. 24 points, I believe, was his final. Um, there, there, there's, there's obviously a talent gap between Utah and Arizona this year. So the outcome probably wasn't, uh, wasn't necessarily too surprising. Uh, perhaps the way they took care of business was, uh, quickly, CJ, what what did you what what was your biggest takeaway uh, in terms of things you liked, and then also things that still somewhat maybe troubled you against what you saw uh, on Thursday night against Utah? You know, Thursday night against Utah. You know, the thing that impressed me the most is just how cohesive and fluent Arizona looked offensively. And you know, I hate to single out Chase Jeter. You know. He's on this team for a reason, you know, expected to bring that veteran leadership, but I can't help but to see, you know, how much more efficient the Arizona offense was with Stone getting this in starting lineup. Just the mere threat of getting this as a shooter spread things out. I mean, they were driving lanes. Three-point percentages were up. The ball was zipping around the perimeter. Guys were playing unselfishly. They were running in transition, and that's Arizona basketball at its best. Um, and then uh, the biggest, uh, the other biggest thing that, you know, really stood out was just, um, like I said before, the, the contributions from the veteran players. I mean, you know, Miller's been demanding more production out of his veterans this season simply because these freshman players, you know, they're new to this. This is new for them. Um, they're not even full through a, they don't have a full season of college basketball experience. Oh, you know, guys like Chase Jeter, Dylan Tyra Lee, they've been there and done that, but until recently, they just haven't had that much of an impact on these games. And it, it showed more specifically when the Wildcats went on the road. So for Max Hazard to finally find his groove and to get shot up and catch fire, you know, to see, you know, Ira Lee grinding in the paint, you know, being rebounds off the glass. Um, and, and see just to see that the in, the impact that Stone Gettings has when he's out there, um, it's a very it was a very promising sign. And um, like I said, I think if Arizona plays that way, if they play together, if they're getting contributions from guys other than their three star freshmen, um, my opinion, they're just as good as any team in the country. 
I 100% agree with you. And, and honestly, that, that Max Hazard uh, coming out party that we saw in this game uh, was definitely something that I think a lot of fans are waiting to see. I mean, 24 points in 17 minutes, 6 of 10 from, from long range. I mean, that was just tremendous. And, and you know, also, too, I mean, yeah, there was some garbage time, right, for Utah to close that gap a little bit because Arizona was just in complete control and ended up winning by 16 points fine. Um, but, but it should be noted, I mean, Utah, I felt, did, I mean, they shot fairly well. I mean, a tick under 44%, and they shot 10 of 28 from three, right? So that's good for almost 36% from three. I mean, it's not like they played poorly. It was just Arizona just played so well for most of that game was able to kind of let up off the brakes a little bit, or excuse me, let up off the gas. Um, CJ, let's fast forward then to Saturday, of course. Um, that, that that was the big game, right, that this one has was, had been circled for a little bit. Um, of, of course, you know, especially after that Oregon game, as you said, maybe got caught looking ahead a little bit which is why they stumbled against Oregon State um but then you know once you get past that you return home Oregon's uh, excuse me Colorado was was the game to watch for this and I actually had the pleasure of being down in Tucson for this one to see this one live um you know, early on, of course, you know, Colorado kind of comes out of the gates uh, looking slightly better, right? They jumped up that 10-5 lead. Arizona looked a little sluggish at first. And then all of a sudden there was a 7-0 run. The place just caught fire and everybody, it just started working. Everything was working then. Uh, common denominator, I don't know. You somewhat alluded to this here, CJ. Once again, Chase Jeter did not play in this game. Uh, two questions. The obvious one, what were your thoughts on Colorado? But maybe before you answer that one, what should we expect in terms of the utilization with Chase Jeter moving forward? Well, I mean, the Colorado win, it was, it was Arizona's biggest win of the season. I mean, Colorado's a good team, and really they're like a polar opposite of what this Arizona team is. You know, Arizona is young, full of new faces. Um, those guys at Colorado, they've been playing together for a while. They're a veteran group, and that point guard, McKinley Wright, you know, he's no joke. That guy can go. He's a pro. And for, you know, a, a guy like – a kid like Nico Mannion to handle himself uh, so well in that game, I think that just speaks volumes of his potential. You know, Arizona shot – they caught fire. They, they, they played unselfishly. They ran in transition. I mean, they shot 47.5% from the field. And, you know, they made nine three-pointers. And that's another big thing that stood out um, in the Mountain School sweep. Arizona is starting to find its rhythm from deep. For a, while, for a while here, you know, Arizona was ice cold from beyond behind the arc. Um, this is a team that needs to make three-pointers uh, to be successful. Um, and another big thing is they held Colorado to 36.7% shooting. Um, they're getting it done at the defensive end. And, Really, they're just sparked by Ira Lee and, you know, the passion and intensity he played as, he played with. And that kind of, you know, segues into what you asked about, you know, Chase Jeter. You know, Chase Jeter is a guy that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, when Chase Jeter went out, like, oh, Christian Coloco needs to, he needs to start, he needs to be put into the starting lineup. One, Coloco isn't ready. And two, Arizona can't trot out four freshmen in the starting lineup. I mean, there's just not enough experience out there on the floor. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how Sean Miller is going to handle the distribution of minutes when Chase Jeter gets back. Because, again, it's it's not fair to kind of single out one guy and say, oh, you know, he's had such a big impact on a team's success or failure. But you can't help but see how how good the Wildcats look. Uh, with him out of the lineup, I mean, they just seem more fluid at both ends. 
Jeter, you know, he he's averaging what around eight points per game and five rebounds. I think he's second in the team on the team behind Zeke Naji. And I guess the thing that frustrates people so much about Jeter is it, it's it's just not good enough. You know, this is a guy who started his career at Duke. This is a guy who is you know one of the top recruits in the country. And you know, over his four years four year career. He's kind of just really coasted. He hasn't really gotten better. He hasn't really elevated his game. Um, you know, he, he gets hurt often. And, you know, I, I hear some whispers that, you know, maybe he's milking these injuries a little a little longer than he should. And, you know, is that a guy you really, you really want out there on the floor? Is that a guy that can really help your team win? Is that a guy that's conductive to collective success? Um, I don't know. Uh, but I do see Jeter's value as a veteran presence. Like I said, this team is led by three freshmen, and you know the more upperclassmen they can get to contribute, the better. Um, Chase Jeter, whenever he does return from injury, he's just going to have to dig deep and find a way to conform to the way this team is playing currently, and he's going to have to elevate his game to a higher level. It's only going to make the Wildcats a better team. Yeah, it's really funny you 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 mention his stats, right? And, and and I guess just at face value, his stats aren't terrible, right? I mean, he's the thing scorer, second league rebounder. Um, he, he's in, in the sixteen games that he's played, it, it's just about twenty and a half, called twenty one minutes a game, right? I mean, uh, more than half the game on average. But if you watch, there is such a thing as the eyeball test, right? I mean, you can't just look at the analytics, and I'm sure maybe that the uh, perhaps the advanced analytics would, would rule this a little bit, or I guess discount this face value of stats here a little bit more. But, um, you know, when you just based off of the eye test, there is something that's off with him. And, and, you know, if you think back to last year, I mean, he had such a good year last year, but then you also have to consider, right. The, the talent gap between last year's roster and this year's roster. And perhaps he's just being exploited a little bit, right? Maybe it's just that, uh, you know, what, what was working last year doesn't work this year because this is just a far more talented, more athletic roster. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. But, but, but it is very apparent that, you know, these last two games, there's a common denominator there. And the shooting, as you pointed out, uh, definitely turned up. It heated up. And I think obviously a lot of that has to do with, with guys who are going to stretch the floor, like Stone Gettings getting an uptick in minutes. So, um very interesting to see how Sean Miller is going to play this moving forward. Uh, everyone will obviously be keeping an eye on it. And, you know, and, and, and I don't want to completely discount Chase Jeter because I do feel that he does, he still provides value, right? And, and not even just the intangibles of like the leadership and the locker room presence, that type of thing. There are certain scenarios where it makes sense for him to be on the floor. Uh, certain sets, you know, I, I kind of felt like the Oregon State, Oregon State, had he not played, or excuse me, had he played against Utah, I mean, I kind of felt like that was also maybe a personnel thing that would, would some would favor him um but colorado would have been a horrible matchup right they just they're just smaller faster more athletic right um you know you, you look at oregon yes they have the bigger bodies but those guys are just wildly athletic right and they just run him off the court so um like i said it's gonna be very interesting to see uh, how sean miller handles this moving forward uh, you know the good news is there's still a lot of time to figure this out right and and who knows i mean he has to even get healthy right you, you kind of allude to you know is, is, is he taking a little bit longer than he should to get healthy I, who knows right uh, obviously if, if he's hurt take your time 
Um, but yeah, definitely keep an eye on things there. Uh, CJ, moving forward, just to wrap this thing up here, man, you you mentioned, uh, looking ahead to, to Tempe this weekend, right? I mean, after what happened last year, we've talked about last year, probably one too many times already, but you know, after the 17 and 15 finish for the Wildcats last year, um, of that, of course, came two losses to ASU, which were just very difficult to watch. Um, it seemed like order had been restored on the hardwood and, in, in the first game down in Tucson this year, um, are what really what should we expect here? As far as I'm concerned, ASU it, it has really nothing close in terms of overall talent or even depth for as far as I'm concerned there uh, compared to this Arizona team. But it gets back to what we know is Arizona has looked a lot different on the road than they have at home. Um, for just throw it out there, high level, what should Arizona fans expect this year, or excuse me, this weekend? What what do you expect this weekend? Um, well, you, you nailed it right on the head right there. You know, Arizona State, um, they struggle mightily at times this season. Um, they don't really have a go-to score. Um, the guy that are supposed to be their big time shooters or, you know, struggling from the field. Uh, they're not very deep and, you know, they're just simply just not as talented. Um, you know, and Arizona proved that the first time around, you know, of course, road struggles are real for this Arizona team, but in, in all honesty, if they just play the way they're supposed to play, if they play the same way they played during the sweep of the mountain schools, um, they'll be just fine. And you can even make the argument that they look like a stronger team this time around than heading into the last time they faced Arizona State. So, um, you know, those freshmen are going to have to go up there. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a it's going to be a chaotic environment, and mm-hmm. the freshmen are going to have to navigate their way through through that. But you know, as long as they keep their head, and as long as they keep getting, you know, as long as this veteran this trend of veteran contributions continues, I mean, I think the Cats are going to be just fine this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I certainly don't expect a 27, near, nearly 30 points uh, margin of victory there, but I definitely expect them to take care of business. There's really no reason why they shouldn't. Um, so, yeah, definitely looking forward to that, and especially with the extra rest, right? Uh, it was very, uh, there, there was a lot of feel good after the Colorado game and the Utah game. Uh, and then now they got a little bit of time to, uh, to to prepare and take care of business in Tempe. Um, CJ, you mentioned something towards the beginning of this. Last question for you, um, that, that you actually expected Arizona to lose in Seattle on Thursday night, but then to take care of business in Washington State. So basically that, that, that would then put them two and one on this three-game road trip. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you know, Hopkins was a very good zone defense. That's a scary thing to me if, if you know, flashbacks to Oregon State are just really, uh, any game ever in the Sean Miller era against his own defense it just gives me nightmares. Um, but but I guess the argument could be made. I mean, is, is this purely because of the zone defense or, or are we focusing on like overall talent? Because it somewhat feels like there's once again going to be a pretty big talent gap between Arizona and then their next opponent, Washington. Um, not quite. I don't, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, I mean, this is a this is a very good Washington team, and like you mentioned, Arizona struggled against his own defense um, all season long. I mean, in that game out there in Eugene against Oregon, you know, Oregon went to zone a little bit in the second half, and that's kind of when they started to uh, mount their comeback. Um, same thing against Oregon State. Oregon State played a lot of zone in that game, and the Arizona just couldn't figure it out offensively. 
So it's not just the two, three zone against Washington. I'm worried about, I'm worried about that environment, you know, Arizona state this weekend. I mean, that's basically going to be a home game for Arizona, right? There's going to be Wildcats fans right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more Wildcats fans in attendance than Arizona state fans. Uh, but it's not going to, it's not quite going to be that way out there in Washington. Um, that's a tough place to play. And they have a very talented team, you know, led by uh, another talented freshman, or you can make a lot of comparisons to Zeke Naji and Isaiah Stewart. I mean, um, that guy is dominant, not only offensively, but on the defensive glass. I mean, he's averaging over nine, uh, uh, about nine rebounds per game. They also have another talented uh, freshman in Jaden Daniels. I mean, that kid can fly. He's athletic, averaging around 13.1 points per game, uh, six rebounds. Um, and Nico Manning is also going to have one of his toughest point guard matchups of the season in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Quay Green. Uh, so, you know, just a combination of those factors, I just think Arizona is going to struggle. And, um, you know, Washington domin- is a dominant rebounding team, and I haven't seen enough from Arizona uh, this, this season to think that they've turned the corner. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, in the win against Colorado, they're very good on very good on the boards. But um, you know, Washington has better athletes. Um, I think it's just going to be a tough environment against a, a good team. I think it's going to be an NCAA tournament field, and you know, I think it's just going to be one, another one of those learning lessons for the Wildcats. Oh man, I uh, I really hope that's not the outcome that we're in store for, man. It would be really nice to get another quality win like that. Um, but you know, obviously we'll we'll see. They do have a little bit more time to prepare, but of course they can't overlook ASU because that would be a real a real gut punch if they were to do that. So um, yeah, man. Hey, great stuff. De- definitely appreciate you coming on today. And, and actually, CJ too. I do have to do one quick read here, and that has to do uh, with the athletic who who's actually sponsoring uh, sponsoring this episode here. Uh, d- today's show, of course, is sponsored by the Athletic, a subscription based sports news site for real fans through in-depth coverage from local writers on every team plus national writers you already know like jay glazer mike sando and mike lombardi uh the athletic is setting a new standard for sports there are no ads pop-ups or clickbait just great sports writing that tells the story behind the story get exclusive player profiles deep dives on analytics team power rankings and fantasy sports insights you won't find anywhere else each subscriber gets a personalized feed of stories live writer q a's and more just download the athletic excuse me the athletic app pick your favorite teams and the athletic will begin servicing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you you ready to get started get started for 40 percent off your yearly subscription theathletic.com slash overtime o-v-e-r-t-i-m-e that's the athletic.com slash overtime cj i know that you've done these uh these live writer q a's before uh give give our listeners just a little something a little extra there what are you working on why should they sign up for the athletic what do you like the most about the athletic you know the thing i like the most about the athletic is just the freedom we get as writers i mean you know, at a lot of traditional papers, you know, you're limited to a word count and you can't necessarily write about all the topics you want to, you know, but at the, at the athletic, um, I have editors that haven't told me no to a single story idea I have. Um, I get to do a good mix of, you know, traditional reporting, uh, feature writing, which I love video analysis. And you really get to put, you really get to put your voice and your passion and enthusiasm into your writing. Um, I'd say that's what I enjoy most. 
Uh, I got to say, please subscribe. Your subscriptions uh, keep me employed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, you know, the athletic is a great place to is a great place to work. Uh, I haven't met uh, very many riders in the company within the company that aren't happy with their situation. Um, I feel like I've been doing good work down here covering the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, football season was a little rough, but now I'm a basketball guy. And, um, you know, of course, I got to be objective, but, you know, I'm excited about where this team is going, and I look forward to covering them every step of the way. Um, currently working on a feature on a Mr. Max Hazard. I got to talk to his uh, coach, Russell Turner, at UC Irvine, uh, earlier in the week. I uh, also got to talk to his brother, Jacob Hazard, who's a former walk-on here. Yeah, uh, just kind of about you know how Ma- how Max has worked through you know his recent slump and how he was able to emerge you know against Utah and all the, all the different things and intangibles he brings to the table. So um, I know I'm gonna enjoy writing it, and I hope you guys enjoy the read. Yeah, absolutely, CJ. I, and I'm not just saying this because you're on, but we, you, you you produce a lot of good stuff. And for anybody who has not uh, downloaded or subscribed yet to the Athletic, CJ uh, does a very good job with those video breakdowns that he mentioned. And CJ, of course, uh, you you are a former student athlete from the University of Auburn, right? So uh, especially you know uh, basketball is 100% your specialty there. A lot of good stuff for football, but you definitely have that basketball uh, eye and, and that IQ for it. So it's a lot of quality stuff that. CJ puts out there for the Wildcats. I think, uh, CJ, at this point, man, um, I, I think we touched on a lot here. Uh, so, you know, thanks. Like I said, thanks so much for coming on. Hopefully we can get you back on uh, as, as, as we approach March and, and get things geared up here. Uh, it's going to be still got a few big games. And, of course, you know, that game in Tempe, then the Washington trip will be three big ones just because they're road games. And, uh, like I said, they're the Washington game will be uh, another quality opponent. Hopefully, hopefully they can take care of business. But, um, CJ, thanks so much, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me. Let's do it again.